We are in a series, if you haven't noticed, or if you're new to us, called NUMA, talking about the Holy Spirit. And in just a minute, I'm going to be, I have the privilege of sharing on what tongues is all about. Why tongues? Why uh, do we believe we should pray in tongues? Why do we believe you should pray in tongues? So praise God, we're going to do that today. And uh, just waiting on the Lord because I, I felt like he wanted me to say something that's not in my message, something that's, uh, I don't know, bonus material or whatever you want to call it. Excuse me. But this morning, uh, he was just ministering to me out of the word in a total different part than my message, and I wondered what was happening. And then some things transpired during our time of seeking God. And so it's been, uh, it's been spoken uh, maybe this year, last year, that God really wants to do something unique here. How many of you remember those words and you're holding on to those? And, and we heard today that this is it, right? It started. And something that I think has been echoed and reiterated from the heart of the Lord is that what he wants to do here isn't necessarily what he's done before. It's not going to look like what we saw before. And so sometimes we'll be in that time of worship, and you might be just feeling like, man, what, what's going on? What are they doing? Like, why are they waiting so long? Or what's happening now? And I've just been at a place in my walk with the Lord where I'm trying to almost ignore what I see and really just in my heart of hearts, in my inner man, go, okay, God, what do you want to do? What are you doing? Because it's, it's awesome when it's emotional, and God does the emotional things too. I, lo I love that feeling that we get taken away with the music. Um, but, but that doesn't get him to do what he wants. And sometimes when it seems like there's nothing going on, he's doing a whole lot. He's doing so much. So, so uh, yeah, this verse leading up to the one that we have on the wall there uh, that is kind of, I love that we have that before our eyes always. But it was out of 2 Corinthians 3. Uh, just trying to share this. Uh, hopefully it's making sense. Uh, Paul wrote, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Wherever you're at, whatever your eyes are looking at, if you'll just turn to the Lord, you'll start to see the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom 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 to dance to sing to sing in tongues to pray in tongues or freedom just to stand awestruck in his presence freedom to not be uptight or worried about what it looks like what you think people think of you well they're going to think i'm weird i don't think it matters i think you need to be more concerned with what does god want us to do but we all, that's all of us, with unveiled faces, so now there is no veil. The law was the veil. I'll try to get through this quick because we really need to hear about tongues today. Looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord 
this phrase is, is, I believe, prophetic to our journey. Our being transformed. Our being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Hey, we're in process. And um, one of the things I felt really impressed the Lord had me do is I went to some of the intercessors and I said, I feel like we're supposed to just walk back and forth and pray in the Spirit and break kind of the, the barrier that might be there. But God... It's not our works that do it, but you know he responds to an atmosphere of faith. Does that make sense? And so I think for us to step into what he wants, and we started to today, we have to keep stirring up that water. Does that make sense? We have to keep those rivers of, of water flowing. We have to stay hungry for him. It's Look, it's easy just to come and spectate. But now here's the tie-in. As I watched the the movie about our, our our veterans he was ministering to me that if if you're not willing to give your life for for the, for the cause of what i want to do it's not going to happen so to the degree that we can embrace that and all decide that we're we're all in i'm all in I'm just like for this nation, I would gladly go today if they called me and give my life. And I I know all of you in here would too. But for the cause of the kingdom, for, for this purpose, for what God, and then let's make it specific for what he wants to do here. Are you willing? Are you willing to come? and stir up the waters are you willing to pray in the spirit does that does that make sense i just feel like that's such a now word for us and we started that today and we're just moving there from from image from uh, glory to glory it was years ago when i first came back on staff and we've been through a lot here that i kept hearing the lord say in my prayer time this isn't that this isn't that and it was just basically, look, I'm not, I'm doing a new thing. It's so many times we want to put on the old wineskin. It feels good. I want to just go back and do what I did. We have a formula. We know what works. We know what songs work. We know, but so it's uncomfortable. I'm just saying that. It's uncomfortable. And so like when Kathy was starting to move out and minister in song, I was like, this is awesome. This is different, but it's awesome, right? It's something God's doing now. And we're going to hear from new voices. We're going to see new gifts, things that are going to make us uncomfortable. And just rest easy. Like God's got this and rest easy. And um, eternity will tell who's in the flesh and who isn't. And I think if we're discerning and... uh, We do a post-op, you know, on services and we have to evaluate... On any given day, we're all going to be taken to some degree by our emotions. But hey, let's just go there. Let's just go with God. Can Can we do that? Are you willing to give your life for what the Spirit of God wants to do? Hey, revival, I believe revival is coming. I believe Jesus is coming, and we have to get serious about the kingdom. So 
I think that's it. I don't want to get over into the flesh and start preaching some stuff that's not God. But do you receive that as something from the Lord? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, so tongues, kind of an uncomfortable topic if, if, if you're not uh, raised in the Pentecostal movement or haven't had the charismatic experience. And so it's challenging, and I understand as soon as you bring that topic up, we might roll our windows up, we might be on guard like, I don't, I like everything else y'all do, but that part, I'm just going to stay away from that, so I understand. So if that's you, that's fine. Uh, this is a safe place. It's a place of grace. And there's no one here ever saying, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. That's just bunk. Uh, or even if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. That's, the, that's not what we're saying. We're, we're going to talk from the Word of God about something that God wants for everyone, and you can receive it if you desire it. And that's your choice. So pray and process. We do have the Why Tongues books here at the altar. If you're on a journey, like, and you're nowhere near this, Get the book, go home, meditate, listen to this message, and, and study out and find out what God wants to do. So I know it's a controversial topic. It's strange. I mean, to our, to our culture today, you're, you seem like you're the weirdo if you pray in tongues. It's true, right? And now, also, this isn't really a common teaching in many mainline denominations. They'll, they'll never talk about this. They say it's just that it's now no longer relevant. So you might be from one of those, and this might be all new to you. Uh, we look pretty normal, right? We're, we're, we're not scary people. We're not up here handling snakes, right? <laughs> right? You're safe. So be, be at ease. There are biblical scholars who do a really good job at explaining why tongues isn't for today. And if you read those articles, you, you might come to that conclusion. But I'm asking you to open your heart and listen to the word and see if you might come to a different conclusion today. And so there's this good uh, axiom or, or, or saying that, that we, I try to share when it comes to anything, uh, any doctrine from the word. Okay, so the word of God is our road of truth. And, and we just like that center aisle, that, that's the road of truth. And I want to follow the leading of the Lord. I want to follow the Holy Spirit, but I want to rightly divide the word of truth. Because with any doctrine, there can be all kinds of misinterpretations. And so on either side of the road of truth, you're going to have one side that's an excess and abuse where a doctrine is taken out of context and become something that God did not intend it to be. And then because of that camp, you have this ditch, the avoiders. Well, that, they're crazy, that's weird, that's not right, so I'm going to avoid it. So you got the road of truth, you've got the excess and abuse when it comes to tongues, and you got the, the avoiders when it comes to tongues, but neither of those are right. God's road of truth is right, and we always want to discern and walk down the road of truth. So fill in number one, applying to any doctrine, but especially to tongues today, is excess and abuse are not reasons for avoiding tongues. Excess and abuse are not reasons for avoiding tongues. Just because someone abuses something isn't a reason that you shouldn't do it. It means they're abusing it. It doesn't mean there's not some truth to that. So what is tongues? Let me try to describe it in layman's terms before we get into the word here. It's a free gift of the Holy Spirit for all who ask. 
It's a, it's a prayer and worship language. It's a way that you pray and a way that you worship and intercede and do warfare and all kinds of other things that is, is not what you're used to. It's not what your brain can comprehend. It's not a syllable for syllable, word for word, phrase for phrase thing. It's just an unction that comes out and your, the way that you will pray in tongues is not the way that I pray in tongues. It's unique to each person and that's just how God does it. And, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit, uses that specific gift and that language to expand the kingdom of God. It's one of his tools to expand the kingdom. During this uh, dispensation, and we're in the dispensation of grace, and none of these spiritual gifts died out with the early church because we're still in the church age. We're still in the dispensation of grace. And so this gift, along with all the other gifts of the Holy Spirit, are available for every believer. So that's feeling number two. Tongues is one of many good gifts from God for all who will receive. He's not withholding this gift from you. It's for anyone who will receive. James 1.17 says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. He's not trying to trick you. He's not trying to do something and just pull your strings like a puppet. He talks about the gifts he wants you to have, and he says, it's yours if you'll just ask in faith and receive. No take backs, no tricks. I'm not trying to pull one over. Here it is. It's yours if you want it, but I can't make you do it. And it all starts with the Holy Spirit. And I realize there's a lot of verses we could hit. I just went with the ones I felt led to put in here. So stay with me. Matthew 7, 11. So if you despise being evil... If you, despite being evil, excuse me, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That is a direct reference to Jesus saying the Father is going to give you the Holy Spirit. And we'll find out in a minute that tongues comes with the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth, the road of truth, the word of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. What did I just share? If anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is lifted. When you gaze intently into the perfect law of liberty, the veil is lifted and the word of God will speak to you and reveal to you, right? So if we receive the Holy Spirit and ask for that gift, then why wouldn't we receive every gift that comes with the Holy Spirit? Some people are like, I'm good, word of knowledge, gift of healing, faith, great, but tongues, keep that aside. It's one of all the good gifts that we should receive. 1 Corinthians 12 and 4. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things, and let's say this together, in who? All persons. All the gifts of the Spirit are for who? All persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I love that. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit, and to another, the effecting of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, the distinguishing of spirits, to another, various kinds of 
tongues. That's what we're studying today. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills. So tongues is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Don't misunderstand, Paul. It, it, it would really make more sense, but the translation kind of leads us down this way where he says each one, each one. It would really make more sense if it said, hey, for example, as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a word of knowledge one day. And then the next minute, you might have a working of miracles. Or you, you, you're going to pray in tongues on occasion. This isn't a separating of a person for a gift, so only a few people speak in tongues. Only. Do you understand what he's saying here? It's all gifts for all. I, I can't emphasize that point enough. And so tongues is for who? Everybody. Tongues is for everyone. Let's go to our next fill-in. So what does the word say about this and how are we to interpret it? Tongues is the fulfillment of prophecy. Tongues is the fulfillment of prophecy. It was predicted in the Old Testament. <clears throat> Joel 2.28, it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. All mankind, everybody, the spirit is available to everybody. Everyone can prophesy. Everyone can speak in tongues. Isaiah 28.11, indeed, he will speak to this people through stammering lips and a foreign tongue, just a context out there. Yes, this is talking about uh, the Gentiles who, who will be born again and saved and in turn will actually minister to the Jews and help them come to faith in Christ. However, this is also talking about tongues because Paul, I'm going to show you in just a second, is going to cite this as an explanation of what's going on. So before we get to that, here's what Jesus said. Mark 16, 17, these signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. If you're walking in his name, in Jesus, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, and they will do some other things. But we're talking about tongues. So if you're a believer, you will speak with new tongues. Do you see how normal this is according to scripture? See how bizarre it is according to culture? Do you want to walk out the truth of Scripture, or do you want to allow cultural pressure to say what you should and shouldn't do? And by the way, Satan counterfeits everything God does. Are there demonic tongues? Yeah. You don't want to go anywhere near the occult, or, but if you're in sincere pursuit of him and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to pray in tongues, and it's going to be the right kind of tongues. Again, just because there's counterfeit out there, you don't say, well, I don't want the real there's counterfeit money. Don't give me real money. I'll take the real money. Keep the counterfeit. I don't want to go to jail, right? So then here we go. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14. In the law it is written. Hey, everyone, I'm pointing this out to you if you think it's kind of strange. By men of strange tongues and by the lips of strangers, I will speak to this people. And even so, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. God throughout his word is always prepping us for what's next. And he's saying, this is good. I want it for you. And so we have to accept that. Not whether our mind can comprehend it or, or we think it's strange, but does God want this for me? Acts 2, 4. Pastor Jim did a great uh, tee up for this message today, uh, last week talking about the Holy Spirit. If you haven't listened to all these, please listen to all of them. And Pastor Ralph's Wednesday was just outstanding history of, of Pentecost. So make sure you check that out too. So 
It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with different tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out. Totally normal for when the Holy Spirit moves for people to pray in tongues. Acts 10, 44. I love this. This is Peter's just giving the sermon. He's preaching the word of God. They're not having an altar call. There's no hands being laid. He's speaking under the unction of the Holy Spirit. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening. And Holy Spirit, I just give you permission to fall on everyone listening right now. And we say fall on us. Everyone listening. Hmm. All the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had also been poured out on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speak with tongues and exalting God. Praise God. Acts 19.6. And when, here's another instance where they weren't sure what was going on. They had been born again, but they weren't filled with the Spirit. They said, what's this about? We want it. And if that's you today, you can come down after service and we're going to be praying that you receive it too. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. Notice the verbiage there, came on. They already had the Holy Spirit because when we receive Christ, we get the Holy Spirit. But then there's the coming on. There's the pouring out upon. And you know, you can never get enough of that. It's not, nah, I did that when I was eight. Remember that time I talked in tongues? That was weird. No. Remember that time I prayed in the Spirit? Remember that time the Holy Spirit? So as, as hungry and as thirsty as you are for the things of God, He will continually pour the Spirit in, and then the Spirit will pour out, and then you will pray in the Spirit. So let me talk about prophecy just for a second, because tongues is always right in there. It's always married to, to prophesying. And there's kind of a narrow version of prophecy where we can look at the Old Testament prophets and foretelling, uh, and that still happens today. There's an, the office of the prophet that you can carry, but we're talking about every believer filled with the Holy Spirit. And God said, everyone will prophesy. That's each and every one of you. Every single person can prophesy. And it's not, it's not as mystical or as, uh, I don't know, supernatural as we think again it's a natural outflow of what the holy spirit wants to do and so can i just tell you that when paul's writing to the church in corinth and they're having issues and he's having to give instruction on you know getting out of control in services he's, he's explaining spiritual gifts he's emphasizing love is important when he talks about prophecy tongues interpretation and prophecy that greek word there really it can be foretell, but it also predominantly means, get this, communicate and enforce revealed truth. That's prophecy. So when you declare the word of God, when you decree and declare the truth of God's word, you are prophesying. You are speaking to the atmosphere, you're speaking to the territory, you're speaking to your body, to your family. You should prophesy. You should desire to speak in tongues. And so that's just a little bit about that. Um, and let's see. I'm going to make sure I'm tracking right here. 
Because I just want to be real. I want to share experientially. I want to share from the, the, the word too. So let me get to the next fill-in, and then I'll talk some more about that. So tongues is a language of prayer and worship and prophecy and intercession. But I think if we see prophecy in broad terms, we understand that any time I am declaring, Lord God, you are almighty, redeemer, deliverer, healer. Am I not prophesying? Right? And so when I communicate with my heavenly father, it's a, it's a prayer and worship. You almost can't really divide those two things. I know topically we, we talk about that, prayer and worship. But tongues is a language of prayer and worship. So when we pray in tongues, even though our mind doesn't understand, God's word says you're worshiping the Lord, you're, you're prophesying because you're speaking out mysteries, but in the heavens they know exactly what's being said. And all the principalities and powers don't know what's being said, but they hate it when you pray in tongues. They absolutely can't stand it because they know warfare and things are being released that they're not privy to and they're about to get uh, sent packing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Praise God. So Jude 120, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. This is tongues. He's not saying, hey, in church, if you happen to be the special one called upon to give the tongue, you know. No, this is in your prayer closet. This is in your life. You will build yourself up spiritually when you pray in the Holy Spirit in tongues. Why? First Corinthians. All these passages help us reinforce tongues as a prayer language and it's a worship language. For the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. What's that? Prayer. For no one understands, but in his spirit... He speaks mysteries, the mysteries of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. So what is the outcome then? Here's the deal. Paul is saying, you should do this. I'm going to do this. I will pray with the Spirit in tongues, but I will pray with the mind also, both and, not either or. I will sing with the Spirit, but I will sing with the mind also. So here's what I, what I just want to give personal, anecdotal um, testimony and it'll probably bears witness with many other spirit-filled people so when i pray personally i pray in tongues and i pray in english and oftentimes the english things that we're praying are the prophetic truth of what we just prayed in tongues because you are literally opening up the holy spirit to reveal those things and then they pop into your mind and you pray them out in english and so this is where tongues an interpretation can happen in your very own private uh, prayer life. And see, if you're facing an issue that's insurmountable, if you just don't know what to do, hey, why wouldn't you want to access this kind of uh, revelation from the Lord to help us pray, to, to, to pray in that way? Does that make sense? And so publicly, it's a different thing, and I, and I don't know what Pastor Diane All is going to talk about, but we're going to talk about our protocols and, and how we, in, with decency and order, release those gifts in the church. But primarily, I'm talking about your prayer language. And so check this out in Romans 8.26. Now, in the same way, the Spirit helps our weaknesses. Can, can we just admit we're weak and we don't know it all? We don't know what to pray. For as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I want to connect with the Holy Spirit who is in the realm of the Spirit, in the kingdom that I cannot see. 
who wants to unlock things into the natural. And I want to be a, a vehicle. I want to be used to see that take place. And honestly, sometimes this is tongues, but other times it's just groans. You don't know what else to do, and you'll just groan. And people will spend hours travailing because they've connected to, you know, again, not a message on intercession. So many other great stories we could tell about this, but I just want to keep it. Here's what the Bible says, and are we ready to receive today? 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank God. I always felt like Paul was a little braggadocious here. I couldn't figure out why he said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. It's like, well, la-di-da, Paul. What are you, goading me into a deeper tongues life? I don't know, but that's what he says. But the phrase here that helps us get that this is more of a private prayer thing is, is nevertheless in church. Nevertheless in church. So where is he doing all this tongue praying? Our, our assertion here at this church is that it is in his time of prayer and time of intercession. intercession. And maybe a small group where everyone's filled with the Spirit and they're praying in tongues. But, but he says, in church, I prefer to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others. In other words, make sure there is a prophetic interpretation in the public assembly so that people who are unlearned don't, they understand. I'm going to read that in a second. So that's your prayer life. Ephesians 6.18, when you put on the armor of God, when you're walking in a fully, fully equipped spiritual warfare prayer life, this is very important. With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and every request for all saints. Wow, you mean every time I pray, I should be praying in the Spirit? Yes. And so what, what are we missing if we don't have the prayer language of the Holy Spirit in our prayer life? I think we're missing a significant amount of impact for the kingdom, kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians uh, 14, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read some verses here that all just underpin Language of worship, language of prayer here, okay? So pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. That's prayer. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. I read that earlier. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for edification, exhortation, consolation. I want you to know that is what happens when a public prophecy is given. Those words are to edify, exhort, and, and console. And if they ever don't confirm to the scripture, we will not hesitate to stand up here and say, nope, we missed it. Amen? We don't embarrass people, but we call out when something is not of the Lord. And hey, again, we're all growing. So if someone feels like they have an unction and they say something in the flesh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that gets taken care of. Most of that's behind the scenes. But on rare occasion, if the enemy was to get a hold of someone and they were to just step up here and try to say something out of line, we're going to call that out. Amen. You should build, feel comfortable that we're bold enough to do that, and we're not just going to let anything be said. So prophecy should edify, exhort, and bring consolation to us, right? Amen. Praise God. The one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. There it is again. You're building yourself up when you pray in tongues, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but rather that you would prophesy, and greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may receive edification. Amen. Enough said about that. For otherwise, if you 
bless God. What does it mean to bless God? Worship in the spirit only. How will the one who occupies the place of the outsider know to say the amen at your giving of thanks? What is giving of thanks? Worship. The language drips of worship when Paul talks about tongues. And again, he's comparing, you know, the unlearned one in the service that we don't just, we don't come in here and do the whole service in tongues and never say anything that people don't understand. It's not edifying to the person who doesn't know. So then tongues in a public church service are for a sign not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. We could go on and share story after story of of someone who, who spoke in tongues and, and a message was given and someone just was like, that is for me. That's so ministered to my heart. That either called me higher in some way or, or when we have all the words, words of knowledge, words of revelation, things that God is doing in our midst, that is really kind of, that's all prophecy and it's all coming forth because we're giving ourselves over to being yielded to praying in tongues. You probably don't know this, but a lot of people, especially our intercessors, they're praying in tongues before the service. We did that during the service to release what the Spirit of God wants to do. And so I don't know if I mentioned it in this service. Sometimes I, I forget what I said. But preaching the Word of God, what I'm doing now is prophecy. So it's literally an interpretation of tongues. So it is one of those instances. So just closing up, have you gotten anything out of this so far? Good, good, good. Just finishing up. I didn't know this till I researched for this, for this message, but uh, this is one of your next fill-ins here. There are written accounts of tongues from every century to the present. Every century. Like historians, you know how hard it is to find even historical, non-biblical uh, accounts of like Jesus or whatever? You know, there's, there's, there's a few of them. But we're talking about a gift that many say died out and is no longer in use. And every century, you can find a written account, a public record of tongues. So that should help us understand that this, this, this is something God has wanted to do. And of course, he's exploded it when the Pentecostal movement came and then even further in the charismatic renewal. And then this last one, and I'm going to share some of these results here. Did you know, last fill-in, that clinical testing has confirmed scripture regarding tongues? So the Bible has said some things about tongues, and then uh, the researchers stuck probes on people's brains and, came and found this. This is fascinating to me. So there's uh, this Dr. Carl Peterson. He's an MD. He worked on a study at ORU. He's a brain specialist, so guy knows what he's doing. By the way, my wife was pre-med and wanted to be a brain surgeon. Instead, she became a music major, found the man of her dreams, and the rest is history. Yeah. So glad you're not a brain surgeon, although I would appreciate that paycheck. So maybe you can go back into that field a little bit. So anyway, um, yeah, he did this study and said there was, uh, he found that when people pray in tongues, that... The brain releases two chemical secretions, get this, that are directed into our immune system. And it only happens when someone's praying in tongues. Like secret access. And, and then it says that according to their estimations, it could give your immune system as much as a 35 to 40% boost. That's wild. 
So when cold and flu season tries to come to your house, chicken soup, right? A little elderberry, vitamin C, and pray in tongues. Get that immune system going, right? That's cool. And then this was a new one to me. I had known about the ORU study for, for years, but researchers at um, the University of Pennsylvania discovered that when someone is speaking in tongues, there's decreased activity in the frontal lobes of the brain. And God's so funny. This is the part of the brain that is associated with us being in control of ourselves. So when Paul says, when I pray in the spirit, my mind is unfruitful, science proves that. You're, you don't have anything that you're figuring out or you're doing. Holy Spirit is praying through you, you're surrendering and that part of your brain shuts down, okay? So Holy Spirit, we're not in control. Right? We give you full control, we wanna pray. So here's the thing, and, and I don't know if I talked to anyone off the fence or if, if the word of God has come alive. Again, if it's a journey for you, continue to seek. But I just want to ask you a question. These are rhetorical. So after everything you've heard, do you want to speak in tongues? And I believe if you answer yes to any of these questions, you do want to speak in tongues. And then the only barrier is to ask the Lord and to receive. And there will be powerful intercessors and i don't know why god does this but he just does sometimes some people are a little more successful at praying with someone to receive the baptism of the holy spirit it's just maybe it's an anointing or whatever but if you want it come down here i'm going to close the service and release all those that don't want to stay for that but but do that so if you um if you can say yes to these questions come down and receive do you want to walk in the fullness of everything jesus desires for you everything not just some of the things. Do you want to be used to pray on a whole different level of effectiveness to further the kingdom of God? In other words, do you want to pray the perfect will of God? I do. And I don't know how to do that unless I pray in tongues. Do you want to offer worship to God and give thanks to him beyond what your mind can comprehend? How many of you run out of praise words after a while? I do. Do you want to unlock unstuck areas in your life that need a different kind of intercession and a fuller prophetic revelation? Do you want that? God wants that for you with the gift of the Holy Spirit in tongues. Do you want your faith to be further strengthened and fortified? Do you want to build yourself up on your most holy faith? Then tongues is for you. Uh, help us, Jesus. Do you want to begin to tame your tongue and put it to better use? than self-defeating confessions. And some of the things where we pray in English and we start trying to manipulate God and we're God's little helper. You know, when you pray in the Spirit, you can't do that. Your mind has been shut down and the Holy Spirit's, I'll, I'll take care of this. You just stop trying to tell God what to do. I'll take it from here. Pray in tongues. Do you want to add to your personal wellness? I, I want my immune system boosted. I'm going to double up on tongues during the cold and flu season. Thank you, God. So I'm going to close in prayer. But again, all seriousness, this is something the Lord wants for you. It's Bible. It's the road of truth. It's not excess and abuse. It's not avoidance. If you're sincerely desiring that, God will, will give you that gift today. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word regarding this sometimes challenging, sensitive, controversial topic. 
We believe it's for us. This church is a spirit-filled, spirit-led church. And we desire everyone, Lord, to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. And we desire everyone to have the power of this kind of prayer, praying in tongues. So I just pray that the atmosphere right now is stirred up and charged with expectancy to receive God. Pray that the enemy does not steal this word, does not twist and confuse and come against this word of truth as it goes out into the atmosphere. And we thank you for what you've started doing today. And we say, yes, Lord, more and more and more for us, in us, through us, to us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You're released. God bless.